Good evening, everybody. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I declare today there is a friend called Jesus who will take all your cares, your problems, your diseases, your worries, your depression away. If you trust him, if you commit yourself to him, God will do what only he can do. I'm praying this evening as we start our broadcast that the Lord himself will show you mercy. Like I said the other time, when as we prepare ourselves to go to prayer, is that though we trust in the Lord, we still need to take care of ourselves. This pandemic is real. If we take it casually, the enemy can use it to disrupt us to stop us on our tracks. He can destroy the plan of God in our lives because God is depending on us living and being able to do his work. But if we give an enemy a door, he will not hesitate to take us out. So wash your hands and sanitize them occasionally. Make sure you don't touch your face, eyes, ears, nose and mouth uh, even though you feel like scratching as long as you're not sure how clean your hands are please avoid touching your face uh, wear your mask it's very important it blocks a lot of those viruses that are flying in the air as people cough and breathe and they are stopped from coming into your nose and to your mouth if you can uh, find a shield to cover your eyes, it will be good. We are not doing these things because we are afraid. We are not doing these things because we don't think God can help us. But we are doing what we can. And we are leaving everything else to God to help us. Uh, for me, I know a few people who have contracted uh, the virus. Thank God that some have recovered very well. Others are still in hospital. And as I speak to you right now, I know that uh, my biological father is in hospital waiting for his results. Highly suspected it will be COVID. So I'm speaking to you as someone who understands these things. And I am pleading with you, let's keep safe. Uh, we know also that the facilities, the medical facilities are not able to handle 
a breakout of everybody being sick. So let's save the beds for the ones who need it by protecting ourselves. Let's also keep praying for the ones who are sick in hospitals or home, for the medical uh, workers. Uh, those people are putting their lives in line to try and save lives. Let's pray for them, for God to watch over them, protect them, give them courage and for the government to respond to their needs so that uh, they're able to serve without exposing themselves too much. Uh, with that said and out of the way, uh, share this broadcast, share the link with your friends, with your family. The more we interact with this Word of God, the, the closer we come to salvation for some of the people who have been hardened. All they need to hear is the word of God and faith will build in them. And once faith is built in them, then they will respond and they will begin to follow uh, Christ Jesus. There are people we have prayed for for a long time. Just share the link. They might watch, they might not watch, but you have done your part. And let the word of God work. The Holy Spirit is at work. We shall turn to Psalms 119, the chapter that I said talks about the Word of God. And we will look at a few verses, not the ones we, we looked at last week. And we will see what the Lord is saying. And then we will go into prayer shortly. Hallelujah. So, if you have turned into Psalms 119, I want us to look at a few verses. Uh, we'll look at uh, verse 57 and uh, 58, then we'll look at a few other verses as we continue. Uh, with that said, let's go into a word of prayer. Everlasting Father, King of glory, we thank you, we honor you, we magnify your holy name. You are wonderful, you are loving, you care for us. Lord, we know that... This pandemic is moving you because you love your people. Uh, the songs that have been sung, your word says you love the world that you gave your son. You would not love the world to a point of giving your son and not be concerned that many are dying and many are being taken out of the world without knowing you and others are being taken out having known you but having not served you to the fullest. But this pandemic is taking them. Mighty God, our Father, how we pray that you have mercy on your people. Now, Lord, you will stretch forth your hand, you will touch them. You will release your presence upon your people to encourage the mighty God our Father. You will revive us again. This pandemic has pushed us to the walls. Maybe what you desire from us now that the pandemic is pushing us is that we should turn and look up to you and trust you and pray and seek you and read your word and worship you and fall into a place where you can revive us mighty god our father and thereby many will come to salvation because of the hardship they the face to mighty god our father and we're praying that mighty god our father even as the pandemic pushes let your holy ghost push father into our lives almighty god let him encourage us let him heal us from inside let him touch our minds let him convict us of our sins and of righteousness and let him uh, help us turn back to you let him give us a spirit of obedience and uh, uh, humility to you mighty god our father let him 
call many, baptize many in his power and anoint many so that they can serve you in these last days, almighty God our Father. And let him give us the energy to wait on Jesus Christ because he's coming soon so that we will not falter, we will not fall, but we will follow you diligently and lovingly. We will serve you, Lord. Let him give us the unconditional love of Jesus Christ in our hearts that we will love our neighbors, we will love our friends, we will love anybody uh, around us, whether lovable or not lovable, the unconditional love will reach out, mighty God our Father. Let the love of Christ constrain us, mighty God our Father, to go out of our way, to minister to one another. We know the pandemic has created a situation where our ministry now can thrive because many have lost their jobs and many are hungry and many are suffering, mighty God. And therefore, Lord, if you can revive our spirits, Lord, then we, we can go out and we can begin to love those people, mighty God, our Father, who are suffering, not just with words, but with few things. They may not be the top of the range, but we can share the little food we have, clothes we have, and opportunities we have, and we will look for the ones who are suffering, mighty God, our Father, so that the church can take its place and can glorify you in these last days and in this situation, in this pandemic, so that after it is taken out of the world, then we will see that all things worked together for our good who love the Lord and are called according to your purposes, Almighty God, our Father. And you will be known by many because of this situation, Mighty God, our Father. I thank you because, Lord, you have a wonderful plan for the world and for your people. And we glorify you, Mighty God. Now, as we delve into your word, Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts, will teach our hearts, will teach our minds, will open our understanding and our eyes, O oh God, that we will see your word for what it is, we will believe your word for what it says, and we will see the signs and wonders and the miracles that can come out of the word, Mighty God our Father, lives, transformation, impact in our very own lives. Mighty God, our Father, we shall have experiences with you. We will think and we will dream and we will meditate on the things we will learn for the glory and honor of your name. Lord, I, I render myself to you as a vessel, an empty vessel. Fill me now with your word. Fill me now with your spirit. Fill me now with your anointing. And give me eloquence of words to express that which you need to speak. Mighty God, our Father, I am seated here. Let the Holy Spirit enter me and speak through me. For the glory and honor of your name. And I pray as your word goes out forth. That it will bring healing even to the sick bodies. It will bring encouragement to the discouraged. Mighty God our Father. It will bring healing to the depressed. It will, heal, it will bring provision for those who need you. Mighty God our Father. Many will see signs and wonders. Because it is you who is ministering. Mighty God our Father. I am just an earthen vessel. We thank you. And we honor you. We glorify you. In Jesus mighty name. Amen and Amen. Let us stand to our lesson and then we will see what the Lord says. Let's go to Psalms 119. Uh, let me read verse 57 and 58 and then we will see how the Lord leads us. Verse 57 says, You are my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep your word. Verse 58 says, I entreated you, uh, I entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. Uh, you can see that is a prayer that is based on the word of God. You see, the Bible says, and this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask 
of anything, we know that He hears us. And if He hears us, then He will give us those things that we have asked of Him. Uh, 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 the confidence we have is if we pray according to His will. Uh, if you pray the Word of God back to Him, you're praying according to God's will. You're, you're reminding God you have promised that you will do this for me. And God is not going to forget what He has told you. And then uh, verse 49 says this, Remember the word of your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. Amen. I can tell you, if you hope in what God has said in his word, you will never be disappointed. And the Lord will do you a lot of good. I want us to delve into our lesson this evening and then see how far we can go. And I'm hoping we can finish this uh, topic of, Is the word of God truly uh, is the bible truly the word of god that is what we want to look at this evening we did a few things uh, we looked at uh, the history of writing the authors the period uh, of writing and we saw how god moved to bring out a word that he wanted us to have so that it can continue to teach us to encourage us to expose how god is in his character so that we can emulate the character of god Many times we try to emulate people, personalities who have achieved something, some in sports, others in music, others in acting and all that. But I want to tell you, the greatest of the greatest is God himself and he has exposed his character in his word. If we desire to be like him, we will do well. Uh, today I want us to look at, uh, last time we looked at uh, three evidences uh, uh, that proved to us the word of God is divine in origin and it's truly the, the word of God. Uh, so the third uh, evidence which we call internal evidence of the divine origin of the word uh, of the Bible is its unique authority and power. While this evidence is more subjective than the first two, it is no less a powerful testimony of the divine origin of the Bible. The Bible's authority is unlike any other book ever written. This authority and power are best seen in the way countless lives have been transformed by the supernatural power of God's word. Drug addicts have been cured by it. Homosexuals set free by it derelict and deadbeats transformed by it, hardened criminals reformed by it, sinners rebuked by it, and hate turned into love by it. The Bible does possess a dynamic and transforming power that is only possible because it's truly God's word. For instance, we know people who have been jailed because of murder and many other things that they were doing. And because the Gideon's Bible are given in prisons, someone in their cell, even in isolation, read the word of God and the power of God fell into that jail and the person was transformed. I know many people even in this country who were taken to the maximum security jail and they came out as preachers, authors of uh, uh, Christian books, 
teachers of the word, yet they went in as murderers, hijackers, kidnappers, uh, carjackers, and everything else. So, we know that this word is powerful and has authority. How many times have we seen people come to uh, Christian gatherings and demons were cast out by quoting the word of God's God as it is? You see, God equates himself to the word of God. And this is a scripture I love quoting. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So God is equal to his word. If men in the early days were held to their words, and the gentleman's word was equal to a contract, even though they had not written it down, how much more God? What he has said he will do. That's why in Deuteronomy, in, in Numbers 23, verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he a son of man that he should change his mind. Once he has promised you to do something, he will not go and change uh, what he has promised you. And some of the Covenants that God gives you that are not conditional. He doesn't require you to do anything. Even when you do wrong things, he still fulfills it because he promised. Look at the co covenant he gave Abraham about Israel as a nation. How many times did they go astray? How many times did they reject God? How many times were they taken to captivity? Yet, because he promised Abraham... He kept on bringing them back to the land he promised to give them, Canaan land. Uh, that tells you how highly God holds his word. If we held the word of God with such respect and honor as God holds it, it would work wonders. You know, many times the word of God does not work wonders for us because we don't put our trust in it. We don't believe in it. We read and we think it is just like any other novel. But if you read the word of God, knowing it's the word of God, it will create faith in you. That faith will cause God to move to answer you in whatever else you ask him because you have believed his word. Even Paul in Romans talked about that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He also said that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. So once you hear and believe, it will work out some wonders in your life. And I want to encourage you today, whoever you are, wherever you're watching me from, put the word of God to test. Read it, believe it as it is, and ask God to fulfill it to you. And then see whether he will do it. Amen. There are also external evidences that indicate the Bible is truly the word of God. One is the historic, historically uh, based on the Bible. Because the Bible details historical events, its truthfulness and accuracy are subject to verification like any other historical document. For instance, from Genesis, to the book of Malachi, God gives us a history of how he created one man and one woman and how life moved, how generations came, 
and how we reach the place where we can see nations that are mentioned. For instance, a book that was written uh, many years ago, very many years ago, mentions country we know today. It mentions Persia, and we know that Persia is what we call Iran. It mentions Egypt in the Bible. It mentions Sudan. It mentions Ethiopia. It mentions Libya, Israel. It gives you a history of Israel that Israel was once a nation, then divided into two nations, and then they were dispersed all over the world, and then they came back. And we can tell from what Jesus said when he was looking at the temple and he said, a time is coming when no stone will be left sitting on another stone. And he said, this Jerusalem you see one time will be destroyed and people will be dispersed all over the world and it will be desolate. And he said, but one time a nation will be born and will come back to occupy this very place. We know after a few years in AD 70, and Jesus was speaking in AD about 30, 30, 33, that Israel was attacked and uh, the temple was destroyed and no stone in the temple was left sitting on any other stone. And that's why today there is no uh, uh, temple of Solomon in Israel because it was destroyed in AD 70. And then we know that uh, when it was destroyed, the inhabitants of Israel were dispersed all over the world. And then we know the history, how it went. We know Hitler and how he tried to kill as many Jews as he could from Germany and, and part of Eastern Europe. And then in 1948, in a League of Nations, which became UN as we know it today, a decree was made and it was passed that Israel should be allowed to have its nation where it used to have it. And Jews from all over the world flew back to Israel and formed the nation we know as Israel. That tells us that history is true. So, the historical evidence of the Bible tells us that it is a true word. And of course, it is even more uh, 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 divine than any other book because it predicted things and they happened exactly as they were said to, have, have to, to happen. So it's not just historical, but it is prophetic. That's something we need to think about. And we, we thank God because you can go to Israel and see the tomb of Jesus. If that, what the Bible says is not true, there will not be nothing like the tomb of Jesus. You'll go to Israel and not find a river called Jordan. You will go to uh, uh, Galilee and not find a lake there. You will not be shown where Jesus rode uh, a donkey. So it tells us the historical evidences are true and are factual. And there are museums that hold, are holding records of the historical events. I heard that uh, the cloth that was covering the face of Jesus when he was in the tomb is somewhere in a museum. I think it is in Italy. And they say because of the blood and the sweat and the, and the dust that fell in the tomb, it has an imprint of the face of Jesus. And we can see structurally how he looked. So those evidences are very important. Uh, we know that archaeologically, many places have been discovered 
as were mentioned in the Bible, dug out and they found evidences. The other day I was watching a, 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 a documentary that was saying uh, they have found a, a skeleton that can fit the height and the body size of Goliath, meaning the story of David and Goliath is true. Uh, it doesn't have a head. The head is buried different, uh, uh, separately, but in the same grave. Meaning that uh, uh, when the Bible says David took his sword and cut his head, it was true. So we thank God. We thank God. We thank God. Through both archaeological evidences and other writings, the historical accounts of the Bible have been proven time and time again to be accurate and true. In fact, all the archaeological and manuscripts evidence supporting the Bible makes it the best document book from the ancient world. The fact that the Bible accurately and truthfully records historical uh, uh, verifiable events is a great indication of its truthfulness when dealing with religious subject and doctrine and helps uh, to substantiate its claim that uh, it is the very word of God. That's a very important thing. I know uh, uh, the other day I was seeing a, another uh, documentary that was saying they have found a house where Peter uh, resided. Uh, right now it's almost underwater, meaning it is affected by uh, this uh, global warming and other things, but it is there. Uh, there are many evidences that have been found. Many scientists have set out to discredit the word of God and eventually found that what it has said was true. And I tell you the truth, if you go uh, to the word of God without a bias, with an open mind, read and try to verify what you're reading search from other sources you will find that the word of god is true another external evidence that the bible is truly the word of god is the integrity of its human authors as mentioned earlier god used men from many walks of life to record his word in studying the lives of these men, we find them to be honest and sincere. The fact that they were willing to die often excruciating deaths for what they believed testifies that these ordinary yet honest men truly believed God had spoken to them. Many were asked to to recant what they had said. Many were asked to renounce Jesus Christ and many refused and many were willing to be uh, uh, killed in various ways. Some were sown in halves. Some were chained onto trees until they died. Others were put in arenas where animals tore their flesh. Others were, born, uh, were burnt on stakes. Yet, they refused to denounce Christ. There is one man, not in the Bible though, called Polycarp, and that is after the, the, the Apostles' uh, period. He was in the church of Ephesus. 
He was 85 years old when he was taken up by Caesar and he was asked to renounce Christ. And he said, for 85 years, the Lord has been faithful and good to me. How can I deny him? And the Bible tells us he was tied to a stake and fire lit under his feet. But he never burned. So one of the soldiers took out a sword and pierced him and blood gushed out of his belly and put out the fire. So he never burned, but he still died. But he was willing to die for a Lord he believed to be true, a word he declared to himself that it was faithful and true, and he could not see how he could deny it. And I want to tell you today, it's not just in the Bible days. We know of many martyrs. We know of a, of a bishop who was killed in Uganda d during a means time. We know of uh, many people who are being persecuted in different places on the face of the earth, and yet they refuse to uh, denounce Christ. That tells you they believe with all their hearts that what they have learned, what they have heard, and what they have believed is true. And I wonder how many of us are willing to die for what we know and what we believe. Do you know that there are some places to be seen with a Bible is a capital crime and you can be killed for that. And people still sneak in Bibles and read. There are places where people share the Bible in small pieces that you go with a chapter or two and memorize so that when they meet for fellowship, they are not seen carrying a Bible, but they are walking Bibles themselves. So when they want to read that chapter, you stand and recite it, and then the preacher preaches from it. And they are willing to still die for that. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes we should ask ourselves, why are some of these things prohibited when it is just a book? It is because they know there is a power that resides in this book, and therefore they have to resist it. You never try to fight what has no meaning to you. You only fight something that you think is standing against you. The man who wrote the New Testament and many hundreds of other believers, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I think we can look at that scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse Verse 6 says, After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained, remained to this present time, but some are fallen asleep. It's talking about Jesus Christ, that when he rose up again, he was seen by a number above 500 people of brethren at once in one place. And Paul is careful to say, of whom? the greater part remain to this present age, but some are fallen asleep, meaning died. 
So by the time Paul was writing 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there were people who were there who were witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when Paul is writing resurrection, he has evidence that it is true that Jesus rose from the dead. And he says, these hundreds of other believers knew the truth of their message because they had seen and spent time with Jesus after he had risen from the dead. Seeing the risen Christ had a tremendous impact on them. They went from hiding in fear to being willing to die for the message God had revealed to them. Their lives and deaths testify to the fact that the Bible is the word of God. You remember when Jesus was crucified, his disciples went into hiding because they were afraid that they would be killed. But when Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to them several times, a boldness came into them because what he had told them would happen had happened. And now they were willing to go and testify regardless of what would have come out for them. Many of us fear testifying. Many of us fear to be known that we are Christian. Many of us avoid exposing ourselves because we have never had uh, an encounter with the risen Christ. We have no evidence spiritually that can tell us it's true. But I want to tell you this evening, I pray that God will give you an encounter, an encounter that will change your outlook of life, uh, an encounter that will cause you to step up and to step out and to announce that Jesus Christ is Lord and you are willing to die for what you believe in because that is the power of God. And once you face that power, there's no other power that can confound you, can uh, put you to sleep, can cause you to be quiet. We are quiet because some of us have never seen a, 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 a miracle with our own eyes. But I pray that God will give you signs, wonders, and miracles because the gifts of the Spirit says we can perform miracles. The Word of God says, And these signs shall follow them that believed. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall eat poison and it shall not harm them. They shall pick up serpent and they will not be harmed. And I'm telling you, it is for you as much as it is for me. It is not for Peter, Paul and James who died. It is for you and it is for me. And I'm telling God, in this last phase of the Christian life, we shall perform those signs, wonders and miracles. In the mighty name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. And amen. And believe because this word has told you so. Not me. The word of God has told you so. A final external evidence that the Bible is truly God's word. Is the indestructibility of the Bible because of its importance. And its claim to be the very word of God. The Bible has suffered more vicious attack and attempts to destroy it than any other book in history. From early Roman emperors like Diocletia, through communist dictators and on to modern day atheists and agnostics, the Bible has withstood 
outlasted all its attackers and is still today the most widely published and read book in the world. We know of stories of Bibles being gathered and people trying to burn them and not only did majority of the Bibles not burn at all, but we know that some kings even tore scrolls and decided to burn them. Yet we still have this Bible translated today because God protected it. And I want to tell you today, if you wage war against the word of God, you will never win. You will never win. And I can tell you today, you want to test it, try it out and it will outlast you because God is greater. Throughout time, skeptics have regarded the Bible as a mythology or mythological uh, book. Uh, but archaeology has confirmed it's as historical as you can get. It has uh, proven through signs, wonders and miracles uh, that have been performed uh, quoting the words of this book. We quote this word when we are casting out demons and yet they come out and go. We have laid hands on the sick believing in this very word and many of them have received their healing. And we know that uh, there are people who have been brought back to life and not the, 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 the charlatans who are acting out and bringing actors to act. I am talking about real dead and real resurrection. Opponents have attacked it, teaching as primitive and outdated, but its moral and legal concepts and teachings have had a positive influence on societies and cultures throughout the world. It continues to be attacked by pseudoscience, uh, psychology, and political movement, yet it remains just as true and relevant today as it was when it was first written. It is a book that has transformed countless lives and cultures throughout the last 2,000 years. No matter how its opponent try to attack it, destroy it, or discredit it, the Bible remains. Its veracity and impact on lives is unmistakable. We have seen drunkards who have been delivered on instance. We have seen people who had no limbs grow new limbs. We have seen dead raised uh, back to life. Uh, we have seen two billion plus people transformed in the world and are calling Jesus Lord because of the word they have heard. We have seen people who are willing to sacrifice their lives for what they believed. We have seen people who have stood to testify of what God has done. Neither have they seen God or met him. Some have never even seen Christ in flesh, but they have interacted with this word of God and their lives are transformed and changed completely. Sometimes you even speak to people and when they say they want to get saved, you're shocked because you don't understand what you said. It is not about what you said. It is not about you. It is about the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you today, 
until Jesus comes, we will continue to try to bash this word and to destroy this word, to discredit this word, to burn this word, but it will withstand all the onslaughts until the coming of Christ Jesus. The accuracy which has been preserved despite every attempt to corrupt, attack, or destroy it is clear testimony that the fact that the Bible is truly the Word of God and is supernaturally protected by Him. We do not protect the Bible. God protects His Word. That's why Psalms 119 and verse 89 says, Forever, O God, your word is settled in heaven. Even if you destroy every copy here on earth, God will release that word from heaven. And we will have the word of God again. Hallelujah. It should not surprise us that no matter how the Bible is attacked, it always comes out unchanged, unscathed, Every time. After all, Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Hallelujah. So the world as we know it will pass away. It will be destroyed, but the word of God will remain as it is. And I believe even in the new heavens and the new earth, in the new Jerusalem, we will have still the word of God as preserved and we will be glorifying God forever and ever for giving us this word. I wonder how the world would have been if there was no word of God. I believe this is one of the gifts we need to thank and worship God for giving us. This is a sign of grace. You see, God became vulnerable to us and exposed himself and allowed us to know him through the word of God. After looking at the evidence, one can say without a doubt that Jesus, uh, that yes, as Jesus said, the word that will not pass away is the Bible and it is truly the word of the living God. May God bless his word to us. May God uh, lift us by his word. May the word of God work in our lives even as he has intended so that we can be the people he has chose us to be. The Lord bless you. The Lord increase you. The Lord do you good. May the word of God grow on you ever so powerfully. And may the goodness of the Lord fill your heart. Uh, and may you see uh, the wonderful nature of God. I thank God. I thank God. I thank God for his word. Almighty God, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory, we lift you up in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us say a word of prayer as we wind up. Everlasting Father, King of glory, we give you thanks for your word. We thank you that you have given us your word. It would have been very difficult for us to know anything about you, even believe in you without your word. And you moved to another point where you did not just speak to people your word, but you caused your people to write that word down so that it can help us many generations away from them. 
we do not take your word for granted. We know it is your constitution. It's your love letter. It is your basic instruction for us before we leave the earth. And Lord, we are committing ourselves to believing your word, to reading your word, to trusting your word, to using your word. Because we have seen even in your word that even Jesus Christ overcame the enemy by the word that he quotes. Therefore, Lord, we are not going to take this word for granted. We are going to read it. We are going to try and understand it. We will not force it to say what we want. We will listen to what you want to say to us, Almighty God. We know that you lift up this word, the logos, the written word, and give it a breath and it becomes rema, that it becomes a word for this very day. We thank you, mighty God, our Father. We love you, mighty God, our Father. I send your word to your people wherever they are. I send your word that says, I am the Lord that healeth thee to those who are sick. I send your word to those who are lacking things in their lives. The word of God that says, I am Jehovah Jireh. And you are uh, uh, El Shaddai, the multi-breasted one. The one who can supply every need we have. I send your word to those who are troubled and have, are having turmoil in their lives. The word that says, I am Jehovah Shalom, your peace. Let there be peace in situations. I send uh, your word to those who are buffeted and fought and tossed about by battles of this life. Mighty God our Father, the word that says I am Jehovah Shama, the banner of victory over you. I thank you, mighty God our Father, because your word is a, is a tower for us, is a hiding place, is a, is a, is a safe refuge, mighty God our Father. Your word is equal to you. And we are saying, heal us, O Lord, and we will be healed. Save us and we will be saved. For you are the one we praise and we trust in you because your word tells us so. Mighty God, our Father, this is what we hold you to. Lord, we hold you to your word. We hold you to your promises. We hold you to your prophecies. Don't allow Satan to alter what you have promised us to do. Don't allow Satan to reduce days so that he can bring great tribulation before we have gone through all the motions as Jesus set it out. Don't allow us to fall away because you have said in your word that mighty God our Father you are well able to keep us from falling and to present us to yourself without any blemish and without any spot. So we are not depending on our strength to stand. We are depending Depending on your word that promises you will keep us, mighty God our Father. You who saves us are well able to sustain us and keep us, almighty God our Father. For our friends and our brethren who do not believe in Jesus Christ, we send the word of salvation through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let them be convicted this very night, O God, and let them know of the, the, their sins and judgment to come, and let them turn to Jesus Christ. And whoever shall call on the name of Jesus will be saved because that is your promise, mighty God our Father in the book of Romans. And you have said that this is the day of salvation. Lord, we are trusting you to save many of our friends and families, O God our Father. Those who have hardened their hearts, Lord, we hand them over to you because your word is like a hammer. It will break those hearts and give them hearts of flesh. It will cause the law of the Lord to be written in those hearts, Almighty God our Father. We shall be surprised by people who never went to church, quoting the word of God, and we will not know where it came from, because it has been written in their hearts, Almighty God our Father. Every rebellious heart, 
we give it to you. Every soul that has fallen into sin, we give back to you, Almighty God our Father. Deal with them in a way that you will bring them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and of saving grace. Lord, we thank you for your peace. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your love. Mighty God, be exalted, be lifted up in Jesus' mighty name. I bless your homes and I bless everything you're doing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Let me just uh, thank the people who are with me. Lynette Kabura Jenga, thank you for joining me this evening. Jerry Bolton from USA, I thank you for being with me. You are an amazing man. Uh, I want to thank uh, Beatrice Cargo. Thank you for being with me. I don't take uh, you sitting there and listening to the word I was speaking for granted. Uh, Nancy Warue, my dear sister, my friend. Uh, she is from Mombasa, but right now working somewhere in, in uh, Kirinyaga. Thank you very much, woman of God, for watching. Uh, my pastor, Stephen Kimanthi, you encourage my heart for being there. Uh, uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, you uh, have joined me tirelessly for a long time now. Eva Galgalo, my sister, my fellow uh, Calvary Worship Center youth group. We grew up together. We, went, we were in worship together. Uh, and we have grown. And I thank the Lord for you. My friend, brother, and my right-hand man, from Mila, I thank you for joining me this evening. The Lord bless you and do you good. My sister and my favorite actress in Kenya, Carol Rita, I thank God for you and I don't take uh, it for uh, granted uh, to have watched uh, this broadcast. May the Lord bless you, increase you, do you good. May the Lord meet all of you at the points of your need. And until we meet again next week on Monday evening at 7.30, the Lord bless you, the Lord increase you, the Lord do you good. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. May the Lord bless you in the city and bless you in the country. May the Lord bless you in this season of COVID and may he also bless you in other seasons to come. This is not our end. This is just a portion of the chapters of our lives. God bless you. See you next time on Rev Online. Bye-bye.